Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode to discuss what recovery looks like for airlines and to talk specifically about sponsorship and its role as a marketing channel is Natalie Bowman. Managing Director of Marketing and Advertising for Alaska Airlines. Welcome, Natalie, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I almost hesitate to, to say that you know the past year has been a challenging time for you know, the airline industry, because you know clearly uh, that's a gross understatement. So I, I would just like uh, you to tell us a little bit about kind of where things are now for, for you at Alaska Airlines, and, and specifically, uh, what you're anticipating the environment for your sponsorships and partnerships will be like as we as we progress throughout uh, 2021. It definitely challenging is is one word to describe what 2020 was like. Um, but luckily, we are we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. We're we're starting to feel recovery, so we're optimistic about the future. And you know, one great thing. I hate to find a a positive out of it, but we've made a lot of changes over the past year. All airlines have, and we, the situation forced us to adapt and it forced us to adapt in ways that are positive for our guests. So I think that net net, you know, we're coming out of this with new policies, like no change fees and cleaning standards that were not there before that, that will benefit our guests. So we're excited about that. The role of sponsorships in this past year has been just a a whole new frontier for us and working with our sponsorship partners to identify ways that we could stay connected to fans when there aren't in-person games. So we've had to to try new things to to learn how to operate in a sponsorships world. And, And ultimately, no matter how creative we can be or how creative our partners can be, I think sponsorships need to happen in person. You need the... You need a little bit of the fandom to to fully get the energy, but I do think we found some really creative ways to connect with people without that. Anything in particular in, in, that you're uh, proud of in terms of those creative ways uh, that uh, you kind of discovered uh, in 2020? Yeah, I think our most uh, you know our most successful initiative that we had in 2020 of everything we did was our Russell Wilson smart sale. So we had started a con- the concept of smart sales two years ago with what we called swell fares, which was as the waves went up and Hawaii discounts 
got stronger. So higher the wave, the higher the discount so that people could go surfing more quickly with a great deal. And so we took that same concept and applied it to Russell Wilson and touchdowns. And the more touchdowns he got during a game, the higher the discount. And the discounts range from 10 to 40%. And had we not been in COVID times, we would not have been able to offer such generous discounts. We're way more promotional in 2020 than we had ever been, than we will ever be. And um, so it was a good combination of, of those things. And then Russell had an amazing season. So there were multiple weekends. I think we did it for home games. So I think there were seven, seven of these sales, seven or eight, and more than half of them, he triggered the 40% off. So it was a big deal for, for people in Seattle to get really amazing discounts on flights. And it kept us connected to the fans in a really special way. And so that's something we'll look to do with other partners, find different ways to do that. And, you know, we hope to repeat it with Russell as well. And I want to come back to some of the specific partnerships you've uh, had in, in Seattle and, and other markets. But before we get there, uh, I was really intrigued by something that you had said. Uh, you, you, in your role, have responsibility for, for multiple marketing channels. And you've spoken about the need to make sure that those channels don't become siloed and the importance of, of working across functions. And you know, I think in sponsorship, uh, you know, those of us who, who've uh, been in the business for a while have certainly seen plenty of examples where it's very easy for sponsorship to get siloed. It is a little bit of a different animal. And, um, and when a lot of times, I think lip service might be paid to the fact that, oh, we integrate our sponsorships with the rest of our, uh, our, our marketing mix. And a lot of times all that means is, well, we, we tagged an ad with a proud sponsor of at the bottom kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so from your experience, is it true, do you think that sponsorship, is, is it a little bit tougher for sponsorship to be kind of in- integrated? And is that why we, we often do see it siloed? I don't know that I believe that it's tougher. I think that that sponsorships in general, people who manage sponsorships have always bucketed sponsorships as a brand, a long-term brand investment, and that there's no way to see real-time feedback or get real-time results. And if you're in it for a sponsorship, you're in it for the you know three to five years before you're going to see an impact. And that creates some air cover for sponsorship, mm-hmm. not have to drive the business. It gives them a little bit of space. And so I think a lot of sponsorships and people who have led those have just benefited from that belief. I don't have that belief. I believe that brand marketing can drive performance, can drive performance, and I believe that performance marketing can build brands. And I think that holding them accountable for both is important to make sure that that you're really not doing anything that's going to impact your brand negatively, but still achieving business objectives. And so with sponsorships now, especially with social sponsorships are active, they're social, they're trackable, you see the conversations happening in real time. And so there's a lot more accountability that we can put on them. Um, Our sponsorship leader is a very business results oriented person. And so she's been really embracing these new goals. And the Russell Wilson promotion actually helps show that a sponsorship can drive real meaningful business impact. And so we're going to start holding each of our sponsorship partners accountable for revenue. <clears throat> We're going to give them a target of revenue that we want to see driven directly from initiatives for that sponsorship. And we'll start having those conversations on a regular basis so they can see whether or not they're having true impact on our business. Like it can't just be media reach, you know, a third party telling us, 
how many impressions we're getting from a sign is not helping our business. Um, so there's there's new accountability that we're able to hold. And most of our partners, when we've had these conversations, have embraced it and they're excited to help us. And, you know, we already have some San Francisco Giants is a great example we do a BOGO once a year where they sell tickets and promote it. So people who are buying tickets to the game know that they're going to get a BOGO. And it's a huge day for us. It sells millions of dollars worth of plane tickets for us. And so things like that, we're going to do more and more of with our partners. Those partners are smart to, to embrace that, right? Because then they have a very specific way of saying, you know, we're doing a good job and and, and our sponsor, our, our partner is, is, is pleased. So, you know, Obviously, there's no guarantee on, on, on a renewal of these kinds of things. But but if, if you're seeing those kind of metrics, you can feel a little bit more comfortable if, if you're on their side of the coin that That's right. um, this is a sponsor that might uh, be interested in, in sticking around for, for a while. So I, I do want to go back and, and you know, we, we're talking about those kinds of, you know, in, in my vernacular, I would call it, you know, sales promotions that, you know, mm-hmm. are, are either tied to a partner or themed around a, around a partnership that can drive those very more immediate results that are immeasurable. But the impact that sponsorships can have on the brand as well, and that longer term you know, approach, is that something that you are also measuring uh, at Alaska Airlines, or are you really more focused on, on, on the more immediate measures? No, we look at both. Um, particularly with brand preference, we run a study to help us understand how brand preference is different amongst fans and non-fans. With the hypothesis being that a fan of the Portland Timbers should have a higher brand affinity for Alaska. They should have a higher you know, perception of us um, because of our relationship with the Timbers. And so we really look to, to see if the, the sponsorship is elevating our brand amongst fans in particular. For the most part, do you, do you like what you see when you look at those studies? You know, um, for most of our partners, yes, there are some where it, it gets harder in markets where we already have such a strong brand, hmm. Seattle in particular. So if everyone in Seattle already loves us, the fact that someone is a Mariners fan doesn't necessarily mean that they love us more. Sure. Um, it's definitely more challenging where we have the loyalty, but we, you know, taking that combined with the business revenue driving initiatives, I think it's a combination of those two that help us feel like we can get a good ROI out of our sponsorships. And it's kind of the fascinating fascinating thing to me about what sponsorships can do, because they can hit all of these different things. They can be long-term plays. They can be short-term plays. They can be great for reinforcing uh, a brand in a strong market, as well as introducing a brand to uh, a new market. Um, so keeps it interesting anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and speaking of those markets, I know that um, you know Alaska's had very good success in markets like Seattle and Portland with sponsorships actually driving market share. Um, mm-hmm. And that is something that you recently embarked on some some deals in in markets in California to see if you could kind of replicate the success you had in the Pacific Northwest. Can you talk about how that has gone for you? When we acquired Virgin America about four or five years ago, we did you know, make a concerted effort to increase our presence in the Bay Area and take some of the best practices from the Pacific Northwest into the Bay. Um, and sports sponsorships was definitely one of those. So we took over Virgin America's sponsorship of the San Francisco Giants, and we added sponsorship of the San Jose Sharks. And had a relationship with Kevin Durant. So we had a, a heavy sport investment in the Bay Area. 
I would say it's hit or miss for us. The, the Bay is still an incredibly challenging competitive market and the sports sponsorships were not creating the deep brand love that have been created in the Pacific Northwest. Now, granted, we've had decades of doing in the Pacific Northwest, so it, it does take time. So I'm not, I'm not discounting the, the role of sports sponsorships. I think it's just a harder channel for us. So we're looking to, to shake things up, um, you know, particularly with the Giants, because we've seen success with the BOGO. We think that there are other things that we can do to build on that. It also, and I love the Giants. I love our partnership with them. They haven't had many great seasons, and that makes it a little tougher, too, these first few years of our relationship. So, you know, I believe that when the Giants have have their next great season, that we will also benefit from that, and we'll probably see higher brand perception because of that, that relationship. Has your approach to measuring the impact of sponsorship on your objectives evolved over the years in terms of the sources of, of information that you're, that you're getting? Yeah, when I started, we were using a third party for brand perception, and then we shifted to our own custom survey that we put into the marketplace. So that has, has been helpful. And then adding more of the performance marketing tracking and reporting has also been a new addition. So actually looking at promo performance by partner and understanding the role that the sponsorship has played. So now we look at it more holistically versus just one brand report that we would see once a year. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for for joining us. And again, all all the best to to you and and to Alaska Airlines. And and hopefully we'll be flying a a lot more flights on your airline and and on the competitors too this year. Just uh, we all want to get back in the skies uh, more than we have been the past uh, 12 to to so or so months. I know we're all excited to welcome you all aboard. Excellent. Well, thanks again. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and please join us again for the next episode in the All Access interview series.